everybody welcome back to the pa turn pod with rob and joelle we appreciate you listening as always on uh, spotify stitcher soundcloud apple podcast leave us a five-star review send us stuff to the instagram at pa.turnpod i'm rob along with joelle how you doing how you doing <laughs> hopefully you're doing better than my uh, <laughs> my fumbling through words happy halloween how are you tonight happy halloween this it feels like halloween like the weather's changing you can feel it in the air but I'm at that age where, like, it really ain't for me no more. I don't really go out, but I'm doing well. I mean, ecstatic. We have a tremendous episode. I mean, for the listeners here, I mean, I think we we hit one yesterday, last week. This week is just the true sports equinox, 24 hours removed from the sports equinox. The only mm. one of the calendar year, obviously, in the fall season. Yeah. I think I think it is the only one because I don't think there's any um, unless you count spring training. I don't know if any baseball overlapped with uh, with the other three earlier in the year. We I, we might have another one depending on how long the World Series goes. I think maybe, but they said I was listening on the radio on ESPN this morning, and they were saying the, this is the only sports equinox on the calendar in the calendar year right now. The only yeah, one know, was yesterday. Need- we would need a um, game seven. So we need a postponement in the World Series because I think they played Wednesday, off Thursday, so they won't have a Thursday game, and then Friday, Saturday, which there's no NFL Friday or Saturday. So we would need something crazy. So this is the only, we're 24 hours removed from the only sports equinox of the the uh, 2023. I believe it was only the 30th um, sports equinox um, in history. Crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, it was a it was a good one. I mean, we talked about it a little bit off air. Yeah. It could have been the Phillies. Could have been the Phillies. Yeah, the Phillies there. would have had their first game in the World Series at home against Texas on Mischief Night. Did you know that this is the only pocket of the country that really calls it Mischief Night? Everything, really? The most of the they have, you know those maps that'll be like, what do you call when it rains when the sun's out or what do you call this? Like Wawa's was from like, Ireland, the Northeast. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it was like one of those maps. It was like, what do you call the day before Thanksgiving? And like the red part was we don't have a name for it. This this color is we have this and it's like only this part like really like only this portion of PA that has that um and I guess sort of Jersey too that calls it mischief night kind of like um what do you call a uh, like a carbonated beverage with sugar in it like some places will just call soda. it a pop some places call it like a soda uh-huh. some places call it some places just call everything Coke so that type of thing or like Fizzy. hero grinder um, sub that type of deal sub yeah. look, hokey. um we do have some somber news. Um, as we begin the the episode, we want to wish. Um, we want to. I kind of really know. I never know how to eulogize people, but uh, our yeah. thoughts and uh, sympathies go to the family of uh, Matthew Perry, as well as the surviving members of the cast of Friends. Matthew was the youngest member of the main cast on Friends. Uh, he wow. passed away, I believe, Saturday at the age of 54. Obviously, he's known for being Chandler Bing. I actually don't know him from anything else aside from Friends. Um, a couple rom coms here and there. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm sure he was in stuff, but I don't. I truly don't remember him from anything. But friends, he's almost like a, like uh, he, he's not like um, Gary Stiller, who was like on uh, both Everybody Loves Raymond and like um, yeah, oh, yeah, yes, yes. like some with those people that are just like everything. But uh, unfortunately, passed on ten twenty eight. Um, found in a hot tub in his home. Um, no foul play is thought of. It, there's a lot of weird stuff circulating on the internet, but uh, yeah. we're not going to get into any of that. We just uh, we hope that he is in a uh, a better place 
and is with uh, some loved ones. And we uh, we wish his friends and family well. Um, unfortunately, yeah. his parents were at the scene after the fact, and oh, they were uh, they were greeted, I believe, by his father-in-law, who was also somebody famous. I forget the guy's name. I, I'm not. I'm not a big like Hollywood guy. I'm not big into like I watch sure. the stuff that I know, but I'm not a big TV or movie guy. But I, obviously, I've seen every episode of Friends probably twice. So, uh, you you probably you're a little bit older than me. You may have actually grown up in the Friends era, whereas I watched it on Netflix after the fact. So you may have actually oh, really? remembered the Friends crate. I never watched it, so I thought it was what? stupid when I was a kid. I was like, yeah, this is a stupid show, and right. we watched it on Netflix. And um, right like almost a week after we finished uh, every episode on Netflix, the Eagles won the Super Bowl. So. A <laughs> uh, good time in my life. That was a really nice time in my life. So nice. Friends is always was there for me when uh when yeah, actually no one was else cool. was. Um yeah, you you did you grow up watching it? Uh yes, but not I didn't follow it, follow it. Mm. It would be on I think I'm not even a lot, I don't even know what channel it was on, but it was I think it was on um was it not on NBC? I I wanna the say only TBS I know, maybe. I know that um when I was a kid SmackDown went up against Friends. <laughs> at one point, so I like I know that was a big deal that they, their ratings would be compared to like Friends and I think Survivor and a couple other shows. That's how I would know some of these shows like Home Improvement, um, Fresh Prince, Boy Meets World. It would be a lineup from four to seven ish, mm-hmm. and then that eight o'clock is where the prime time, the good shows are, or in our case, SmackDown and Raw. Uh, um, NBC. It went from September twenty second, two thousand. Okay. I'm sorry, nineteen ninety four to May sixth, two thousand four. So yeah, right smack dab in the middle of my and it was on Thursdays. It's so. weird though. If it's on if it started on NBC, then Peacock doesn't have it, but you can find it on I think HBO Max. It's been on um I, a lot of the reruns are on um Nickelodeon, which they weren't when I was a kid. That's true. Nickelodeon it was mainly Cosby Show. TBS has them like, all the time now. Yeah, TBS has them all the the Nickelodeon ones, I feel like they pitch up the sound a little bit. Probably uh, come on now. It's kids. Have you ever watched yeah, true. Uh, but I think it's also on, it might be, I don't think it's called ABC Family anymore. It's called uh, Freeform, maybe? Is that the I name might of have heard of it. Or the name of the, but yeah, I never watched Friends as a kid. And I, when I, I knew of the characters, and we have a family member that reminds me of one of the characters as well. Um, I'll give you a couple minutes to think of that. Um, <laughs> but I, the only person I knew from the show, or outside of the show, was actually Courtney Cox. <laughs> I knew her from Scream, so it was weird yes. that she was playing the squeaky clean character on Friends, where she was kind of like a meanie on in Scream, and I obviously knew who Jennifer Aniston was. But, yeah. And we, uh, Richard, of course, he transcends time, uh, Tom Selleck. But listen, um, goat. we wish him well. He's with Richard now, which is cool. I, unless I just accidentally killed off Richard in real life. But uh, I'm almost positive Tom Selleck passed away as well, well back. So he and Richard are buddy-buddy now up in heaven or wherever they are. Uh, but yeah. Damn it. Yeah, it shocked me when I saw it. I was like, Matthew fucking Perry? Chandler I mean, Bing? Yeah, it sucks. He was the one that obviously had the most demons, and he was writing a memoir, um, like a second memoir, I think. But yeah, that's uh, the tough news of the weekend. Yeah. Um, Unfortunate. For the second time in four years, Sixers and Clippers made a trade at 2 in the morning when nobody was awake. (laughs) Danny Green got released in the middle of the night. Um, (laughs) The 76ers. Yes, have, fi- have finally made the move. Uh, we were I th- well. You were probably closer to being right. I said it wouldn't happen until like February, but it did happen in on uh, mischief night. Mischief uh, night. James yes. Harden traded to the Clippers. The Sixers get back Robert Covington. Um, obviously, he was one of the original like process guys. If you hear the dogs, it's because the trick or treaters are coming by and they they are just 
Barker was trolling downstairs. Yeah, they're going now. This is going to be a bad episode for me. Uh, Marcus <laughs> Morris, Philly native, who seems to be actually pretty excited to be coming home. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nicholas Batum on now his 15th team. Uh, he's got to be 50 by now. There's no way he plays. And then uh, Kenyon Martin 50. Jr., KJ Martin. Uh, a couple draft picks and a pick swap. They released Dan, Danny Green. They sent um, Put some respect on his Tucker. Name. Yeah. Daniel Richard Green Jr. released. Who, in fairness, a lot of the players seem to like. So it does kind yeah. of suck that he's gone. But he wasn't super helpful. I think he would be Triple best single as like poppy, a, baby. Honestly, if he were a coach, he'd be perfect here. But um, yeah. they they sent James Harden to the Clippers, um, who Chris Broussard thinks is retarded. Um, <laughs> what a great clip. P.J. Tucker, who is uh, the Robin to James Harden's Batman, but like a fatter, older Batman who's not in his prime anymore. And backup goaltender, Philippe Petrosev, because there's no way he's a basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> you think that was a fake name that he just threw out there just to make us yeah. think, yeah. <laughs> so a while back, uh, not to get on a tangent, in like 2013, there's another podcast I listened to that does like Sixer stuff, yeah. and they came up with this fake player named Blark, and Blark. they did like a 30-minute breakdown on Blark and how he's like this great player, and somebody who used to work for the Sixers social team created a graphic for Blark of like all of his strengths and weaknesses going <laughs> into the draft. I feel like that's what Philippe Petrosev is. They were just like, look at the Flyers roster, no. Carter Hart, no, there's too many people know who that is. They can't trade Tortorella. How about Philippe Petrosev? And <laughs> poor Pat Bev, Philippe with an F, is no longer here. So, mm. But yeah, uh, instant reaction. I guess you probably saw this closer to real time because you were up that early. Oh, yeah. I dude. found out about it around 6 o'clock when uh, the missus woke up for work. It's the second time that um, that she has woken me up early and let me know about a Sixers Clippers trade. <laughs> That's true love right there. <laughs> I still remember the uh, the Tobias Harris one. So <laughs> which crazy were, stuff. Which were which one were you more like happy to find out when she woke you up about it? Um, I knew the Harden return was going to be crap. So the Tobias trade actually caught me off guard. It was right after a crushing loss to Toronto that she and I attended the night before. Gotcha. I was actually pretty excited about getting uh, what's it called? Um, they got Mike Scott and they got someone else in that trade. Um, who was the other guy they got with? Mike, I, I so I initially thought they got so she said the Sixers made a trade they got somebody from the Clippers. I thought it was Montrez Harrell at first, and then I thought it was Lou Williams. And then I oh Tobias Harris, cool. But I forget who the third guy was. I know they got three guys from the Clippers. I, it uh, it was um who was because it was Mike Scott, Tobias Harris, and then uh, Christ, who was the third guy? I was more excited about probably that than this. I don't. I, I'm drawing a blank. I didn't really follow the Sixers back then that much. Not as heavy as I do now. I was Boban. That's the third of person. Of course. Boban, Toby. Yes, 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 yes. I love Boban. He should just come back. Yeah. He should He should be sitting right next to Cork Moth on the bench. Just yeah. rent free there. Cork Moth, by the way, who, who uh, requested to be part of the trade, but was... Uh, was Is that real? Both teams. I don't know. Dude, I looked at that profile up and down. It seemed couple, credible, but yeah, it seems couple, too good to be true. Only a thousand followers, but who knows? Uh, what would be your instant grade for this trade? Like, what was your instant reaction for it? My instant reaction was, "Thank God, get him out of here. Good riddance. See ya. Don't want to be ya." And I didn't even need to know who else went with uh, Harden. I just knew PJ was going to be there. I just knew that. Yeah. Didn't yeah, want to see Maxi. We kind of expected it to be PJ and maybe like a house or somebody like that. And I that, didn't but... expect uh, we get any like Kawhi or anything. I didn't expect yeah. that. Petrosev is sure. like Petrosev has promise. Um, 
he is a he's a bigger center who's a, a little athletic, kind of shooty, but yeah. not really. Nothing. He would never play on this team, especially with Bamba and. Uh, I don't think Bamba's gonna be gonna pan Reed. out, honestly. I don't think so either. But Petrosev probably wasn't gonna play over him anyway. So yeah, but um, initial reaction was just shocked, happy, and now we can get to work. And I hope this isn't just it. This has to be pieces yeah. for another player, as in role players, or maybe a max guy. We don't know, but. Yeah, promising is what I can say if I can just fit it into one word. Promising, like yeah. A couple go. of the things. The the main thing that popped in the first reaction I had was, "Wow, I'm surprised I got that much for him." I know people are not thrilled with the package. I'm not going to sit here and bootlick. Um, what's his name, Maury? I think he he's partially responsible for this trade kind of going sideways and this whole thing happening in the first place. But right, consider they got three guys who you could maybe four guys you could argue could be rotation guys. Um, I think Kenny sure. Martin Jr. is going to kind of be in that Daniel House, Furkan Korkmaz category, Jaden Springer category of like that extra wing that may or may not play on a given night. Covington probably will start, is my guess. He'll probably be the four, kind of just fill in where PJ was. He's a smaller four, different type of player than PJ, but sure, at least can space the floor a little bit better. Defense-wise, yeah. Um, I don't know if Batum's even going to play. I wouldn't be surprised if they waive him, but uh, maybe he's helpful. I, I would assume that he's one of those guys that when your team acquires him, you think, oh, cool, a 3 and D guy, but really when he gets there, he's just a washed version of what he used to be. Is he um, an upgrade and, from Danny Green? I think so. And Marcus Morris, I think, is still playable. He's not uh, Obviously, he's at, at, at later in his career than you would hope to have gotten him, but I think he's the type of four that you kind of want next to Embiid in certain situations. He's also a guy who I think is a theoretical player where we think we're getting somebody coming in that's going to be super helpful, but you see him and you're like, yeah, maybe not. He's a spot-out so spot three-point shooter as well now. I think he's still got something in the tank, too, and I think coming home is a big deal for him, too, because he was right. seem pretty happy. Um, for the people that are upset about this trade because, you know, the picks are 2028, 2026, I've seen a lot of people whining on Twitter and saying, you know, this doesn't really do much for the Sixers now. I don't know what the expectation was, but they were never getting a substantial package for Harden. There was one team interested, and they were still barely interested recently and and Harden kind of bungled this whole thing and and Maury kind of did. I think this is the best case scenario you got a lot of cap space for next summer and I know that the only guys that maybe will be available are Zach Levine OG Ananobi Pascal Siakam that type of player maybe Zach um I can't remember if I said Zach Levine's name but uh, th- those are the guys and maybe you can pry if Anthony Edwards is upset in Minnesota I think the best way to build this team going forward and we'll talk about this as we move on because I think that in the interim, I'm pretty excited about the current iteration of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, two max players being Embiid and Maxi, and then maybe three or four really good role players around them, and then a decent bench, which has been my my philosophy for a few years now. You get two two stars, not three, and build two. and build up the guys around them because if you have three, that eats up too much of your cap. And unfortunately, Tobias, as much as I like him, he'll be it'll be nice to lose him in a year or so. And they, they could also still trade him if they if they seem to be falling out of favor or falling out of contention as the season goes on, which I don't think is likely. They have a lot of tradable contracts, whether it be Ubre on a vet minimum, you can get something for him. Uh, Tobias Harris, expiring deal to match salary. You can also move, you know, a Bamba, Beverly. You have a lot of optionality. And I think next year, the only three players on the books are uh, Springer, Reed, uh, and Embiid with uh, a cap hold for Maxi who they don't need to sign until after free agency commences next year. So I think this does a lot for flexibility. I, I'm a little bit more optimistic now than I have been in the past. Harden, right. obviously, he's kind of a roadblock. Um, I, I enjoy James Harden. I don't wish anything ill will on him, but um, I'm glad this is over. Yeah, the novella is over. 
I mean, was it the third team in two years? Something like that. Fourth team in three years. I mean, he's been kind of up and down. I don't know. I, I'm I'm excited about this current Sixers team. I told you through text, and I I may have it's even been a fun team. The, they they're cutting they're cutting they're moving the ball in transition. They're shooting the ball well. They look good, and I think Nick Nurse is the right coach for this team. I'm really I, I'm as the season as we got closer to the season, I became less and less uh, pessimistic about the team. Uh, throughout the summer, I was really not excited, and I was even right. telling you, like, I'm getting back into hockey. Like I'm paying a little bit more attention to baseball than I didn't in the past. Like basketball doesn't do much for me i'm actually very going into the season i actually got a little bit more excited and now i'm i think i'm in i'm ready to be hurt again <laughs> um yeah i'm i like this team uh let's see how they mesh now with the new pieces in see who gets more playing time Ubre, i think you said it in that game one versus the bucks you don't have to live and die with Ubre. he's gonna give you he's gonna be frustrating for sixers fans who don't know him yeah He's going to be exciting one night and maybe frustrating the night. I think he's over his last like 10 or so from three-point range. But you're going to get that. You're going to get the six threes and the 25 points one night. And then you're going to get the one of 13 over the next two games. With Although he's playing, I think, really good defense. He's um, athletic, he's intelligent, and he's long, and I think that's helpful. Uh, forgive me, but I don't think I added to the, core, the original question. The grade I would give. I don't think I did either. <laughs> probably for what it's for this late. It's early in the season, but for how long this has been dragged out throughout the summer, I give it a solid B minus. Like it's I not, think I'm in the same boat. Like you got four veterans, well, three veterans and KJ. You don't know who you're really gonna get out of. You might Essentially wave four four impending free agents as well. Yeah, you you might wave Batum, but you got the you got players, you got rotational players. For a guy who didn't want to be there, and then another guy who was going to piggyback with him, and then a backup for thirteen goalie. million next year as well. That's um, true. Which I like PJ. I don't think it's a bad contract, yeah. but I thought that it was definitely. I don't and, know. I give it a, a B plus considering the circumstances, but like a C plus B minus type of deal for just the trade in general. You that's you traded a guy that's never going to play, and I, and you basically traded one rotational player for about three and a half. Right, and, and, two, and you got a couple picks. Uh, they might not be worth anything. Maybe by the time you get the the Clipper pick, it's worth something. But uh, I'm not up, super optimistic. I think this is a big salary move. It's also a morale move. Uh, the team seems to like each other, and they seem to like McNurse. I was just going to say that. It's hard to be optimistic when you have a giant, you know, a distraction. I was just going to say that this might now free up Nick Nurse to like really focus on basketball and the team, and not have this distraction constantly being asked about Harden. And obviously, PJ is just—he's a professional. He's there. But he knows the moment Harden's gone, he's gone too. It's a it's a two man package yep. there. All right. Um, switching gears, we do have a couple other trades that went down. NFL trades. Boy, did we! Uh, the trade deadline is coming past. Some of these are kind of inconsequential. Some of them we'll also talk about. Um, Leonard Williams going from the Giants to the Seahawks uh, for a second round pick and a uh, this upcoming draft and a fifth round pick next year. Um, Leonard Williams still a really good player. Um, did they give up I a think lot? He's gonna help. Yeah, I think that's a fair trade. I don't know what his contract situation is, but I think the Giants gave up a first-round pick for him a couple of years ago. So that's a good trade for the Giants. Surprised they didn't unload more players, but that's a... I like it for both teams. That's a little maybe steep second-round pick, but you're probably not finding a Leonard Williams impact right now with that second-round pick. Gotcha. And if you're Seattle, you hope that's a late second-round pick because you hope he you know, also helps your defense to take you a little bit further in the playoffs. What do you think of that, the, the deal? I'm not mad at it at all, honestly. I think it's a good, it's a good football trade. Yeah, it's. Um, we'll see. Seattle look like they're gonna 
positioned themselves to go for the division. I mean, for we've sure. seen how San Francisco has that chink in the armor three mm-hmm. weeks in a row now. Purdy looking booty cheeks, but 49ers did upgrade <laughs> the defense. Yeah, we'll you get know. to that in a second. Yeah. Um, Grady Jarrett out for the season for the Falcons. They bring in a, um, a defensive tackle in Contavia Street from the Eagles. Um, Contavia Street and a seventh-round pick in exchange for an e- uh, a sixth-round pick going back to Philly. Basically a sixth-round pick, which will help to replenish one of the picks they traded for Kevin Byard. So um, interesting move there. Kind of a nothing deal for the but it does. I thought it was setting up for at least another trade, but they didn't make any more today. Uh, Josh Dobbs going to Minnesota. Shocking. On the heels of the, uh, no pun intended, on the heels of Kirk Cousins' uh, Achilles injury. Mm. Um, basically, Dobbs for nothing. It's a sixth-round pick. Excuse me to the Cardinals in exchange for Dobbs and a seven. The sixth round pick that the Cardinals get does have some conditions on it, so it could convert to a seven. Ooh. So it almost feels like a, uh, a kind of just receiving Dobbs. It's like a favor. Um, Jaron Hall will start for the Vikings Sunday, uh, not Dobbs. And Jeez, then the uh, there is the backup for the uh, Kyler Murray will not be back in time to start for the Cardinals this weekend either. So I, Dobbs has looked pretty good this year. I know he's not uh, counting stats wise; he doesn't really stack up anywhere except for yards per carry, but. Um, I think he's been pretty good considering the circumstances. Yeah, came in. Seems like a seems like a nice guy too. Yeah, I've seen his TikToks where he mm-hmm. <laughs> he couldn't find his uh, jersey in the team store. Yeah, that was pretty funny. But yeah, he seems personable, locker room guy, works hard. I mean, I think what will be his highlight for the first eight weeks of the season would be collapsing versus the Giants because they were yeah. rolling, and then all of a sudden collapse and they went one and yeah. seven with him i saw Sarter. i saw a tweet earlier today it said how many wins would the browns have if they would have just kept dobbs and i was wondering i was like you know what it's not a horrible question he's been pretty i think the eye test is different from the his stats uh, obviously there's been times where he's played poorly but and the talent around him as well year. yeah uh washington football team or washington commanders traded away two defensive ends montez sweat traded the bears for a second round pick chase young to the um to the 49ers for a third Oof. um Interesting moves. I thought Young would fetch a better return, but he's been a little bit less durable than Sweat, so True. it makes sense that um, that Sweat would get them a better return. What are the Commanders doing? What are the Bears doing? This is two years in a row. They traded a second-round pick for Chase Claypool last year, and now they're trading a second-round pick for Montez Sweat. I guess the hope is you can re-sign him, and he'll be better than anybody you can draft in the second round. But You need a quarterback. Apparently, um, Josh Harris, or the general manager of the Commanders, told the team that they didn't put up a fight Sunday. They would be trading some players away, and it seems like that is the uh, Josh the Harris aggressive. <laughs> it's the new owner. It's all about return on investment for him. Um, Chase Young obviously helps to fortify that 49ers pass rush, which will be fun. And that's he was um, he had no pressures, no hurries, and no sacks when lined up against uh, Jordan Mailata on Sunday, though. Are the 49ers becoming the new Rams now? They're just signing. Anybody that they can get that's a big name. That's a, that's a big name. I mean, granted, not who he was. They, they need to strike now while Purdy's still on that rookie deal. Um, Donovan no. Peoples-Jones to Detroit. I'm sorry. This is all to stop one team in yeah. one move that's been unstoppable this season. That is crazy. Yeah. The whiners are trash. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game when they come to Philly in uh, December. Um, Detroit trading for Donovan Peoples-Jones. They whip a Browns, good player, good depth player. Um, Jameson yeah pretty big too uh the bills acquired draft pick for rasul douglas packers not bad i like it i mean it's pretty good trade uh trade deadline day in the yeah. nfl 
interesting to see these moves. I mean, they needed some protection for Purdy. <laughs> they went and got a defensive end, so. We'll see how this offense goes. They're in the bye week now, so. Gives Chase enough time to get into the system to make an impact when they come back. All right. Ooh. The Cardinals will be, uh, be starting rookie Clayton Toon at quarterback this weekend. Um, Kyler Murray, possible, good to go, but uh, we'll see. I don't, I don't think they want to rush Murray back. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. I don't think he really wants to come back. I think New Call of Duty might come out soon. He's like, fuck. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Leonard Fournette signing with the Bills. I think uh, you late season, this. Late season edition. I don't remember, but I'm not surprised by it. They, uh, they have been a little, I don't know. Their running game has been interesting. Uh, James Cook is a good back. Yeah, James Cook is good. You got Josh Allen. With, with the injury to Damian Harris, that doesn't really it, that really hurt their depth. Right. Uh, we hope he's doing well, by the way. I, I haven't seen any reports on him, which I guess no news. Good news for him. Right. Um, but Fournette late in the season, maybe he'll have something in the legs. Right. Oh, this next topic, Rob. Dive into my little world here. Soccer. I mean, I know you don't follow the sport. But this is like, hmm, how do I say this? Like an ESPN award, I guess. Like, yeah, sports guy of the year, whatever. I don't know. Anyway, for soccer, Inter Miami's center fielder, like almost like uh, what you call it, baseball. Lionel Messi, the goat, wins his record eighth Ballon d'Or, which is basically the coveted MVP prize of all of soccer, I guess, <laughs> all competition, which is crazy. He was in there with Erling Holland. I'm saying that yes, Man City striker who is sensational. He's the cover boy. He's basically the new face of soccer. He is a stud. And here comes Lionel Messi. He leaves Europe. It's, it's primarily a European like player award. If you play in Europe for soccer, you're gonna win that award. Here's Messi, goes to America, does his little thing over here on our side of the pond. And wins the, the Ballon d'Or. And Messi becomes the first MLS base player to claim the coveted prize. Hmm. Obviously, this is a whole year tracking of the progress of all these footballers. And it's because, obviously, he won the World Cup last year. So, might as well give it to Messi on that one. But another but his, feather uh, in his cap for Messi. Is Miami still playing well? Did they make it into the... Uh... Oh, no. They, they were bounced out. Messi got hurt, then rest, and then they just kept losing. So, they got bounced out. So but is it... Okay, so it's a two-sided bracket. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's so east and west. The, so it's a it's a wild card game, and then it's a best of three. It looks like. I believe I. Okay, yeah, it looks like the Union beat New England on, uh, on I guess the thirtieth, and then they play again the eighth. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it seems like they're just letting teams in. I'm surprised Miami didn't make a run. I know that they were like undefeated pretty much when he got here. They were trying to, but he and, got hurt, didn't play, and when mm-hmm. he doesn't play, that team doesn't perform yeah. at all. He is literally Plus, the MVP of that team. He also doesn't play on turf, right? Yeah. That's or artificial one. services. Yeah. That's a damper. Yeah. All right. Uh, another sport, the, I guess the <laughs> fifth on the air, I guess the fourth of the five. Um, Texas Rangers took a 2-1 lead in the World Series last night. Um, Mad Max led the game early, but the bullpen came in and pitched Save really well. John Gray, who was initially going to uh, start tonight's game, came in relief, uh, pitched pretty effectively. Andrew Heaney will pitch tonight instead. The, uh, the mm. Dimebacks will go with a bullpen game. Brandon Font gave up a couple runs. He still looked pretty good, but gave up a few runs. Um, Corey Seager, big two-run home run in the third inning. I think they scored all three runs that inning, right? Yeah. 
Um, uh, Seaman hit a base hit, scored somebody. I forget who it was. Uh, and then Seaman came up. Tavares is my guess. Uh, yeah, then uh, a little bit of um, faulty base running. by well, Tommy Pham got picked off in game two. And oh, then Christian yes. Walker gets in trouble uh, last night. Did you see John so, Boy's cover on that? I did not. Oh, dude. Whoever the the manager is. Oh, the pitching coach for the um, – yeah. Well, Fam went four for four, almost had a game if he lineup. So, no hurt. Um, I don't know what to think about this. The Diamondbacks are actually favored tonight against the Rangers. At Wishful home. thinking. Um, it's been Rangers in games one and three, Diamondbacks in game two. The flip-flopping continues. It goes seven. Well, Rangers are undefeated on the road, so I don't think this is going anywhere. This is going to die right here yep. in Arizona. We'll see. I, this is a huge game tonight. I mean, needless to say, they're all huge, but this is a big one tonight. This is do or die for Arizona. I think so, Must too. win. Uh, they do have their ace going tomorrow if they make it to tomorrow, um, which would be Gallon facing um, Baldy. But Baldy pitched pretty well against them in game one, and Gallon is playoffs. If you do make it to a game six, I mean, you got to throw the kitchen sink just to get yeah. to game seven. Yeah, then you're going, uh, you know, game seven, you spot versus Scherzer. Uh, one piece of news, uh, Adolis Garcia could potentially miss the rest of the series with a, no. uh, a mild oblique strain. He came out of the game last night, and uh, oh, here you go. Oh, actually, right on cue. Jeff, Jeff Passan. <laughs> right now, Adolis Garcia being taken off the roster. Ezekiel Duran will replace him. He wow. Can't, he can't join the team again, so. Well, I mean, uh, Travis, it's the World Series. Travis former Philly Travis Jankowski, will be uh, starting in right tonight for the Rangers. Let's go. Phillies are in there. See? We somehow yeah. find our way in there. Well, that sucks. Damn, that sucks. But that is a big blow to that lineup. That's their cleanup hitter player that uh, I think that, you know, you don't want to wish for that type of thing, but it is a benefit thing. For... I mean, your audio cut out there. For a bit. I couldn't hear what you said, but. You would think this gives confidence to Arizona now. Hopefully not that blatant, that false confidence yeah. of, oh, he's not in the lineup, we can run. No, you still got to perform and execute, but it helps not having yeah. Garcia there, especially for the pitchers. Not to worry about yeah, that bat. Sure. Yeah, it definitely helps. I think tonight is a game that uh, Arizona needs to win. And uh, if you're listening tomorrow, hopefully for their sake, they won yesterday. Right. And then even tomorrow, uh, another must-win game for Arizona. They can't. Go down three two going back to Texas. They got to be up three two, because then they got to win one on the road as opposed to winning both. Right. How long does this go? Honestly. I think it goes seven. I think it goes seven. Really? Who yeah. wins it? Diamondbacks. I have Diamondbacks in six. I don't know if that's possible. Yeah, you Maybe. took him in seven before the series. I think I I flipped. I said Texas five. I don't believe that anymore. Yeah. We'll see. It's exciting. I think it's starting right now. If not in an yeah. hour. There have been a lot of um, parallels drawn between the 2001 Diamondbacks and the 2023 uh, Diamondbacks. I know I texted you about a few of them. Uh, in 01, obviously Randy Johnson hit the bird. Uh, Zach Gallon hit a bird a few months ago. Uh, the the All-Star game was in Seattle both times. The the dates of each game, mm-hmm. same this year as, they, as it was in 2001. Um, also, before mm-hmm. game one in 2001, George Bush threw out the first pitch. He threw out the first pitch this time around, and the w. first time that, yeah, the, uh, so the Diamondbacks won game one in 2001 by a score of 9-1. They won game two in 2023-9, so. And they almost won game one. Yeah. Before blowing so it. We'll see what happens. If there's a walk-off tonight, 
after midnight and we get a Mr. November call, then you know there's something going on. Because <laughs> Jeter's walk-off was in game four in 2001, and that's when Michael Kay on the radio said, Mr. November, because it was after midnight. So We'll see. We will we'll see. see. Keep an eye on that one, folks. We'll be talking. I mean, when you're listening to this, you're like, he called it. Yeah. This man's a prophet. Yeah, so. Right. Sixers, 2-1, and one, should be 3-0. and oh. A little bit of um, agenda in the opening night with Damian Lillard. What do you think of the Nick Nurse era to the... I mean, we talked about it a little bit at the top of the show with Arden. I like it. I like what I see so far. Didn't like Danny Green out there looking crazy, hobbling around, triple singles. But other than that, they're passing the ball, they're playing with energy, and they were taking it to the Bucks. They were taking it to the Bucks. They were not afraid. Kelly Oubre, look, he had free range to do whatever he pleased. Give, give the give him the hot hand, right? Um, I like the Nick Nurse era. I don't know about you, but so far so good. Now there's no James Harden you have to deal with. Yep. He has to, now he has to really do some shuffling because now you lost one of your better defenders in PJ. Yeah, I think Covington will be fine as a uh, an on-ball defender. Um, Marcus Morris will obviously put up a fight. Pat Bev, I think, will get more run as well. I think they're going to run a little bit small with some of the lineups that they run. I think mm. you'll see some Tobias at the four. I, I'm I'm encouraged by what I've seen so far. It's a little bit better offensive game so far um, as compared to when Glenn Rivers was at the helm. Uh, Maxi is the primary ball handler. Yeah. Definitely more um, more flow to the offense than previous. Uh, Embiid will still dribble the, ball, the air out of the ball from time to time, but Maxi is a lot different from Arden was. Um, and I think they added a little bit of shooting with this trade too. So, Yeah, I like it a lot. I mean, Maxi's going to improve. He's gonna have those games, but that's that's what happens with growing pins, right? Yeah, now, I wouldn't be surprised if he averages you know twenty three points a game, twenty four points a game now. I th- I think I saw someone on FanDuel. I think this morning, he's right now regarded as the most improved player. He's at the top. Yeah. So yeah, I, like I forget who the favorite was going into the year. I forget who it was. Um, I think uh, I forget. It doesn't matter. Uh, but he is he's the favorite right now, and I think he's got a chance to really. Take a stranglehold on it. All-star game, too. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think this does for Embiid? Um, I, no formal or real come out about Embiid not being happy, but um, there, have been some, there have been some things that have come out about a potential trade to the Knicks uh, or a couple of other teams. So uh, I, this Just send them to Miami. To Just I think they need Miami. to have a good regular season and the Embiid trade stuff to stop. I don't think this is it for Maury. I think there's more to, to be done before the trade deadline. But right now it's TBD. Because yeah, you really lost I, Harden and you lost a defender. You got to get something back. Yeah, or prove that of, you can um, do the system of Maxi and Embiid are the two main guys. Tobias has to kind of go. And you got to get some supporting roles. Or Tobias, less money. Whatever. Yeah, I, I don't know what the, the future holds. I, I almost don't want there to be any more big moves, for, at least for now. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I I don't think I, I think there's a chance Maury sits on his hands, maybe makes a couple ancillary moves, gets some role players, but doesn't dip into the actual um, you know the asset pool. Yeah, uh, and then the, the off season is when we see him try to work his magic. This is it's getting close to make or break time for him because uh, since he's gotten here, you can argue hasn't made Anything. really a great move yet. I mean, you could argue. I mean, he he brought in what Yang guys. Uh, he made the Simmons trade, of course, for Harden. Um, all these players are gone. 
Matt, yeah, matching the Paul Reed offer sheet. Pat Beverly, Montez, Tucker, gone. Daniel House. Yeah, none of the guys he's brought in have really been Paul all Paul Millsap, good. gone. Uh, I think Dwight was one of his guys. So, I mean, God. nothing nothing special. Um, We'll see. I, I think Korkmaz finally gets traded at the deadline. I There's a chance not. maybe you see one of these young guys go, but I don't. I'm not really. I, I'm not expecting anything, and I also don't want any of the names that I keep seeing, like OG, um, Siakam, or, or Levine. Also, I would, I would. I would wait for someone else to become available. I, Kawhi's got a player option. Maybe he opts out and he can get him in free agency. I don't want him either, but I, I'd rather have him than Siakam or I don't know Levine, because those are the three names. I, I think I would try to strike and try to get a Emmanuel. Emmanuel quickly. Yeah, because he's, I believe, yeah, Tibbs doesn't really like him. There's a chance he, you know, becomes a free agent at the end of the year. Maybe go get a Donovan Mitchell's another name I, I heard. I don't want him. He I don't wants know to be in New York so he, bad. I, I don't know the likelihood he gets moved two consecutive years too. Right. Right. And the the Cavaliers will hope to, uh, I guess, recoup a lot of the assets they relinquished for him. So it'll be tough to get him without having to pay a huge price. You're looking at Springer. Probably three first-round picks and maybe another roster, like Paul Reed or something. It's a wait and see. Let's see what Morey does. But yeah, you're right. He hasn't really done much of anything. He did the Simmons Harden, yes. Yeah. But all the moves he did basically just undo it. That none of them are here. Really. Yeah. Who was the uh, Who was the backup center last year? I I always forget DeAndre two years ago. DeAndre Drummond. It, Drummond was here two years minute. ago. I know that they they used Paul Reed a good bit last year, but I don't think he was Harold? full on. Oh, it was Montre. It did have Montrez Harold last year. That's right. God, what a pitiful moment that was. It sucks. It, it sucks that he didn't work out because he played well under Glenn Rivers in L.A. And I thought he'd be a good energy guy, but it, I just think like we're getting all these you know no names well past their prime. Yeah, washed up at this point. It's not a good look. Not a good look. A little bit more. A little bit more Equinox talk. The Flyers beat the Wild. Lost to the Ducks and then lost to the Hurricanes the last couple of days. Put up a fight against um, the Hurricanes, though. I didn't expect they, they've that. Been pl- they've been playing well. I- I'm encouraged by what I've seen from them. Yesterday they got a little dominated early in the game, but they came back and they actually had the lead at one point, and then the Hurricanes scored late in the third. But um, it's been a. I think they're on the right track. Last year they started pretty hot. I think they were 7 3 and 1, their first 11 last year. Yeah. Um, this year I th- I, it's a little bit less Fugazi. I think last year was a little bit of like they were winning, but they were playing above their heads. I think this year they're playing a little bit. It looks like it's at least somewhat sustainable. Do you see? I haven't ca- caught much of it, but are they playing with some kind of chip on their shoulder of teams are you know facing them thinking it's an easy win? We talked about it, I think, last week or two weeks ago that yeah. FanDuel had them as like the fifth-ranked team with worst record in the NHL. Do you think there's something that yeah. goes with it? And, you know, Tortorella knows knows how to get the most out of his players, especially in year one. Or yeah, Tortorella Tortorella is really good at um, getting a good deal out of players that you otherwise wouldn't think. He's um, so the Tampa Bay Lightning a few years ago set the record for the most, I think, the most points in a regular season, and then they got swept in the first round by the eight seed, which was Tortorella's Blue Jackets. So I think he has a he has a good track record of getting a lot out of his teams. Um, I think part of it is just getting Sean Couturier back. He's mm-hmm. I think far and away the best player. And then Cam Atkinson is probably their best goal scorer. Those guys both missed, um, if not the, I think they both missed the entire season last year. So having them back helps. Travis Sanheim has really grown into like that number one defenseman role. Cam York, I think, has taken a step forward. They have Igor Zamula, who's looked really good. The fourth line looks pretty good. They just got Morgan Frost back in the lineup. 
Uh, Scott Lawton has been pretty good. Bobby Brink's playing well. Uh, they're getting a lot out of their young players who have also, you know, matured in another year and have yeah. a full season under Tortorella. I think that there's a chance that there's a, um, a sustainable... I don't know if they're going to be great. I said, I think, before they might be into the playoffs. Uh, jokingly, last episode said if the season ended, they'd be the home team in a playoff series. Right. But I think that it's it's possible they're in purgatory this year, but at least with a they're ascending as opposed to previous years where they were kind of descending. Is there any way Comcast is going to screw this up? I don't know. They, they do have new ownership. Um, not Whoa. full-on ownership, but um, new, maybe like it's a new front office type of deal. I know Keith Jones and Daniel Briere, two former Flyers, are both in there. They have this guy, Dan Hilferty, who I think works for Comcast. That is wow. now like the president or whatever. And he seems to be very, he's very, um, very present, similar to how Mr. Snyder was when he was uh, still alive. So I think that they have a good foundation in place mm-hmm. and they're starting to get back. I know it's kind of like a, a dated thought process and thing and it's almost like a joke, the Flyers, but they do kind of have like that flyer, like that flyer way is being brought back and instilled back in the team. I like it. Not necessarily, you know, fighting people all the time like the, <laughs> the Brossy Brulies. Yeah, like pre-2000, <laughs> but they are playing with... um Some fight, for sure. Playing a little bit more. Yeah, playing with a little bit more fight. Dude, they were down... They were down with the Ducks. They fought their way back. I mean, the Ducks kept scoring, but they didn't lay there and pray and did stop scoring. They kept fighting, and I like that team. I like it, I like it a lot. I'm a big fan. Yeah, yeah they, 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 they're they going to lose games like that. I I, they've, I think that might have been the game that they started the backup goalie, Urson, um, who last year was good for stretches, but Hart is far and away the better goaltender, and he's, I think, if Kateri is not their best player, he's their best player. And I think that um, they're going to have games like that where they come out and they just lose. Yeah. Uh, the Hurricanes felt like a game like that, but they came back and fought. And they're going to they're gonna outwork teams. And if they get the power play and penalty kill back to where they need to be, mm-hmm. this team could be a little bit more dangerous. But I- I'm encouraged by what I've seen. If they stay healthy, I think they will be, at the very least, a fun team. I don't know I don't know how much of the game our listeners have seen, but uh, last, last night I watched... Um, I was driving home during the first period, missed the first eight during the second, and then I watched pretty much the whole third. Yeah. And I was flipping between that Monday Night Football and the World Series. There was like a stretch of like eight minutes in the third period where it was just back and forth, back and forth, just fun action, shot after shot. This guy's, you know, getting an opportunity. Now they're pushing the other way. Hart makes a save, and they wound up losing. But I think that they've been an entertaining team to watch, keep up with other teams with their speed now, which is in years past has been kind of something that they've lost yeah. uh, the ability to do. I'm not going to lie, though. I had a sports equinox bet, four-legger, and I had the hurricane in there. Yeah, Rob, somebody I, I saw t- on TikTok had uh, hurricanes in regulation as one of their legs. Oh. Rob, when I tell you, I put the notification on for that game, and when I saw hurricane score, I was ecstatic. <laughs> I was... I was with joy because I haven't seen a win in forever. I actually, I think I did hit an Equinox bet last night. Nice two for two for the boys. I there. had a long, I had a long shot. I had a Jonah Heim home run. Jesus, um, Luka Doncic triple double. So the Heim home run was part partially because in Game Three of the O One World Series, Jorge Posada, who was batting sixth for the Yankees and catching, hit a home run. Heim <laughs> was batting sixth for the Rangers last night. I think maybe there's a chance. Um, what else was in the bet? Luka Doncic triple double, which actually hit. Ooh, um, he's been sensational to start the season. Sensational. Yeah, some, something else. What was it? Uh, 
Amon Ross St. Brown and anytime touchdown, and then uh, Jack Eichel to score a goal in the Vegas game. None of that had the triple double hit, but nothing else did. Then I had another one that was uh, Jameer Gibbs home run, uh, scoring a touchdown. Yeah. To tell Marte to get a hit, and then the money lines, which so I went one for two on the Equinox bets. Well, your boy here went four four out of the out of the demise of the Flyers. I needed that, but badly, badly. And a coworker told me since I have Wednesday Thursdays off, that is prime hockey, because he's he's into more of a hockey fan. Mm-hmm. I don't follow sport clearly, as we alluded to like last season when I tried to name these logos. Yep. Rate them. It was probably the best time you've ever had me struggling going through that. But uh, I might go to a handful of flyer games now that I'm off. I guess yep. hockey night, primarily I hockey think, um, I think Wednesday is TNT night for the NHL. And then I know Ooh. ESPN has some games. I, I can't remember if it's Mondays. I don't know. I'm sorry, not Mondays. It's Tuesdays or Thursdays. But I know TNT has one night with games, and then ESPN has another night. Then all... Tonight there's only like two games in each sport, which kind of stinks. But Yeah, basketball has fine. three. I was like, Ugh. Yeah, right. I, I, well, Cavs and Knicks Tuesday. might be it. So there's two national TNT games and then one not national game, I guess. Like NBA TV? Yeah. Uh, it is NBA TV, actually, not TNT. Sorry. Because uh, Spiro Ditas, I think it's called. Cavs next game. Spiridita. Oh, breaking news. Hold on here. Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, and Florida State top rankings of 2023. Washington fifth, Oregon sixth. Look at that. Okay. So Ohio so State first, one, Georgia that's the two. First uh, college football playoff. There you go. So far. Who's number one, Georgia? No. Georgia's two. Ohio State's number one. Michigan number three. Florida State number four. See, and I would have had Georgia one, Michigan two, Ohio State three. Washington five, Oregon six, and then I have to click yeah. to see the rest. But I guess Ohio State really beating up Penn State helped them. Um, oh yeah. All right, let's sure. do a little spark notes yeah, um, on let's week go for eight. It. Dolphins beat up the Patriots thirty-one seventeen. Um, Yikes! The Patriots also did not trade anybody today at the deadline. They have a handful of uh, contracts they could get rid of, but they didn't. What are they doing? Uh, the, the MetLife Bowl, which should have been played on Mars, Jets survive in overtime, ten. Uh, my question to you: The Giants. Unconventional, but should they have kicked off instead of receiving the kick? Yeah, should have kicked off. Thought process there is as opposed to receiving the kick and not trusting your quarterback to throw the ball, you kick it off, the ball's in plus territory for you. You just got to get a stop. Better If they punt it back to you, a field goal wins the game. So that was my thought process, even though Gano was not. I didn't see. But DeVito was terrible for them, and they refused to let him DeVito. throw. Pass the line of scrimmage. I mean, we had a friend of the show in attendance, Perry. Um, he had to go through that. Abysmal game. Yeah, um, it was raining too. It had to be a, a tough game to be at. Did it stop at one point? I can't. It stopped. Um, that's an insider, folks. It did stop. <laughs> I didn't see the game, but ESPN. I forget somebody on one of these shows on Sportsman, like on ESPN, were saying you ba- the Giants basically traded Saquon Barkley that night. You might as well trade him before the deadline because. There was a situation where there was like fourth and one or something, and you opted not to give it to him, and then I guess you turn over the ball, turn over it on down. Yeah, maybe? They, uh, they were not good. Tyrod, I thought, kept them afloat, especially in the Buffalo game. And mm-hmm. I don't know. They beat Washington last week, but the, this was a game where Tyrod getting hurt really killed them. I, I don't know how these teams can employ quarterbacks that they just don't trust to throw the ball. There, there is. I know that the team they've been talking about expanding in the expanding in the NFL. Oh, I don't know how you can expand. There's not enough starting quarterbacks for the NFL. There's not a backup quarterbacks. They, this Devito kid was a two for seven for like negative one yards, and it 
the Giants finished the game with negative nine passing yards, fewest since 2000. So Barkley had a good game, but that's just a volume thing. Um, one completion to a wide receiver the entire game. It was to Slayton for a negative one. God. Um, Will Levis defeating the Falcons in the first start of his career. Um, three touchdowns to DeAndre <laughs> Hopkins. Who knew? Throw it to the best receiver, see what happens. I'm telling you, Ryan Tannehill sucks. I've been saying yeah, it for three Willis, years. not much better. Oh, yeah, he's trash, too. Um, Bryce Young, number By the one way, pick. Uh, yes. I get a point for that, right? For my bold prediction. For and, Levis? Uh, I think Ryan Tannehill got hurt, but neither here nor there. He got we're, replaced. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to cross off the, the bold lines and create some gray area because I also um, hit half of my trade deadline prediction. Yes, you did. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins and Chase Young both being, getting traded, so yes. we'll, uh, we'll call it a truce. And if Rodgers comes back and Daniel Jones finishes, Oh, um, <laughs> rookie, uh, two rookie quarterbacks. Bryce Young defeating C.J. Stroud, 15-13, full game. Um, last second win for the uh, the Panthers. I saw none of this. I was actually asleep at the end of the first uh, <laughs> the, the first portion of red zone. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you this. The game-winning field goal kick was literally parallel of the Minnesota Timberwolves getting into the buy-in, whatever that was, that play-it game. Remember that? Where Pat yeah, Bev took off the shirt. Jumped the, on the table. It was basically that kind of celebration in Carolina when Panera. Panera was like hoisted up like he was Rudy or something. Well, that was their first win of the year, so. It was. It was. But Bryce Young, he played well. I mean, he answered some some of the critics. C.J. Stroud, no touchdowns, I believe. Well, he yeah, rushed he for one, but. He had, a, he had a tough game. Yeah. Miles Sanders, uh, two catches, or I'm sorry, two carries for zero yards. Chuba Hubbard, um, he might be the yeah. starter. Chuba has outpaced him snap wise every game. Yeah. Um, Cowboys beat up on the Rams 43 to 20. It's a good sign for the Cowboys' uh, career game for CD Lamb, who they desperately needed to feed the ball to. Yeah. Um, good sign for the Cowboys. I think it was a good. Rams are beat up. Who going to later? If he did, he got hurt because uh, he's day to day. Stafford. Uh, injured his wrist or injured his thumb, I think. Uh, a Andrew lot of injuries Trump. this weekend to quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, then Kirk Cousins, unfortunately, injured in the victory against Green Bay. Uh, Jordan Addison had a good game. Uh, they, they they made it work at the end. Mm-hmm. Luckily, they had en- enough of where losing Cousins didn't you know, cripple them, uh, no pun intended. But they going out and getting Dobbs, I think they'll be able to stay afloat for now. I'm surprised they didn't go make a run at like a Brissett or even a Tyrod or better backup. I mean, Tyrod's done now. Yeah, they kind of have uh, playoff aspirations, though, and I don't know how much Dobbs pulls them in that direction. At least it'll keep them afloat. They might get Jefferson. You think? Possible they don't, yeah. All right. Oh, Rob, this next bulletin point. I mean, do we have the sound effect? I mean, this is this is the moment right here. We've been waiting. We've been waiting all season for this moment. Broncos country, let's rock! Yeah, the first win in I think fifteen tries. It's a fifteen-game winning streak, I believe. The Chiefs facing the uh, facing the Broncos. Patrick Mahomes had never lost a road game in the division in his career, and the first Peyton Manning, starting quarterback for the Broncos, against the Chiefs. Uh, Pub quiz. Who was the starting quarterback the last time that the Broncos beat the Chiefs? I'm sorry, who was the starting quarterback for the Eagles uh, the week, the last time the Broncos defeated the Chiefs? Uh, Mark Sanchez. 
Close. Oh, well. Oh, wait. Oh, fuck. What's his name? It was 2015. It was the last time the Broncos defeated the Chiefs. Oh, I don't know now. Wait. It was Nick Foles? So, if it helps at all, Nick Foles was a starter for the Rams that week. Vic. I don't know. Sam Bradford. Oh, gross. Yeah, there are some awful names. I found a uh, somebody somebody was nice enough to make a thread on Twitter of the starting quarterbacks for each NFL team the last time the Broncos defeated the uh, <laughs> the Chiefs. The Chiefs. Uh, Alex Smith started for the Goes. Brady was still a, um, a Patriot. Derek Carr was still a Raider. Breeze was still playing. Rodgers was still in, in Green Bay. Uh, Bridgewater, I believe, started for the Viking, Vikings. Um, I forget who started for the Jets. It might have been, it might have actually been like Bryce Petty or something. But it was a weird Petty. week. Mariota was the Titan starter. Weird stuff. Andrew um, Luck in the league. The Bengals handing the 49ers their third consecutive loss. Christian McCaffrey tying the record for consecutive games with a touchdown, which is pretty cool. I think 17 straight games. I don't know if that playoff games. I mean, you uh, called last it year. last week too. You were like, if the Bengals can show me anything, if Joe Burrow is elite, he must prove it now. Yeah, he's got to show me something this time around. And he did. Nice win. Um, thank you to the Bengals. This also gives the with the Eagles' victory in uh, in Maryland against the Commanders. This also gives them a two game lead in the standings as far as the seeding for the playoffs goes, and they are, I believe, the only team with fewer than three losses. I think. Yeah. Um, unless Dallas has. Dallas, I mean, they lost to Seattle has three, I believe. Um, the Packers have three. I think if the playoffs began today, the Eagles would be the number one team in the in the NFC. Oh yeah, yeah. They're seven and one. Sure. Detroit and, and Seattle both have two losses. Detroit's six and two. Seattle's five and two. Dallas is five and two. This weekend is huge for the Eagles. As they Dallas week, right? Yes. Big weekend. If they win this game, it gives them a, a game in the standings on them, both in the division and in the, you know, the seeding for the playoffs. Because there's a huge difference. If you're the, even if the Eagles finish the season with the second best record in the NFC, Dallas has the best record. The Eagles will be the five seed as opposed to the one seed. Right. Right. So, Big theoretically, game. yeah, theoretically, Dallas can go sixteen and two, or sorry, fifteen and two. The Eagles can go fourteen and three and be the second best team in the NFC, but still not host a playoff game. Insane. So this is a big weekend for them. We'll get to that on our episode. Uh, I guess Thursday would be the next one, most likely. Yeah. But yeah, Eagles also defeating the uh, Commanders, thirty-eight, thirty-one. It got a little close at the end there. Um, oh, did it? We saw the first like definitive um, rejection of the tush push this season that the Eagles followed on the one, but they came out later in the in the uh, the game and kind of unveiled a wrinkle that they have built into the tush push, which is a sweep. Yes. Uh, a little handoff to uh, DeAndre Swift. What did you think of that? Did you like that they unveiled it now, or would you prefer they kind of keep it in the back pocket for the future? A mix. I'd rather have it in in the pocket like the Philly Philly. Just keep yeah. it in the pocket. Just Super Bowl. Everyone knows it. The world knows it. And then you you, f- you screw half of America thinking Hurts is going to get in. Screwed yeah. me. On two occasions, I thought I had Hurts. I had a winning ticket, and no. He fumbled it, and then they give it to DeAndre Swift. But I like yeah, it. Yeah, I'm glad. That, I'm glad they use Swift there, as, as opposed to Gainwell in the red God, zone. Um, they use Gainwell. I, I would. I think it makes sense to use it in a game like this, but I wasn't thrilled at the time. All season, I said, you know, if they're if it's in the playbook, save it. 
because I think the uh, the Jaguars did something like this in the playoffs last year. They lined up for a sneak, and instead they pitched it to uh, Travis Etienne, who got the edge and got a first down in that Charger game. Ooh, yeah, you're um, right. So I, that was I a thought wild that, game. Yeah, there's got there's got to be a couple of different things they can run from this formation. Reminds me a little bit of uh, you remember when they when they took the lead in the Bears playoff game when Holes threw to I think Golden Tate in the playoff game, and then they came out for a two point conversion, and they almost ran. Special, but instead of running the true Philly special, it was just a direct snap to that small water, whoever the running back was, yeah. and he tried to jump over. It's kind of what this reminds me of, but I would prefer it if they held it to the end of the season. But in this game, considering they they did not convert a uh, a sneak earlier in the game, I'm okay with them using it. And it wound up being yeah. a close. This game, this put put them up 14. Uh, the Commanders went right down the field and scored. Um, Howell led a great drive down the field, but um, so it did wind up mattering. But I, I'm okay with it. I'm I'm very scared of this defense. This team, yeah. you you and I can throw on this defense. That's how bad I'm it is. I'm a little concerned with the way Bradbury has looked. I thought Slay has been okay. Bradbury and I think cooked. the young the young guys like Ricks, um, Job and Ringo, a, a little bit of growing pains. They definitely miss Avante Maddox in the slot. Safeties have been okay, but you know Blankenship not playing all the entire season and the linebackers not cover is really problem that the pass rush is really where they're gonna have to get there yeah a lot of their it, it, it i've always said if you have a, a good pass rush is better than a good secondary because mm-hmm. you know pass rush can't get home even good corners are going to you know fall at some point and not be able to guys but if you have even mediocre corners a good pass rush that speeds up the quarterback's clock is going to create problems so when we get to nut cutting time in the playoffs or late in the season going to be you know pass rushing with the pin their ears back and i thought hassan reddick's play at the end of uh, toward the end of regulation on the fourth down, where he sacked Howell, that was a very important play, and it mm. really showed us something. So, I think this is a uh, secondary has been a problem for me, but I think the pass rush, if they can somehow strengthen it, just play better, is this, that'll be uh, that'll kind of alleviate some of the issues they're having. But this they, is twice now that Howell has thrown the ball against them. Oh, McLaurin's burning them, Dotson burning them, like Logan Thomas looked like Logan Thomas had a great game. Yeah. Like, and this they've always is, trouble. Yeah, they've always struggled against McLaurin for whatever reason. I mean, and they always struggled with AJ Brown. He's cooking yeah. them left and right. I, I was encouraged by uh, Devontae Smith at 99 yards, which is good because I, I'm a little concerned with the amount of kind of force feeding they're doing to AJ Brown. Which it's working, even when teams are saying, "Hey, we got to make sure he's not the one that beats us." He still is the one. But um, I would like to see Smith more involved in the game plan. And I was yeah. encouraged by seeing how much he was used on Sunday. Yeah, he's he's very quick. But and I don't want I his think Goddard Goddard had a good game too. He needs it. He needs to be yeah. consistent, more consistent. Like, come on, brother. For Smith, I don't want it to be his yards up ninety nine, but like mm-hmm. he had one catch of seventy. I don't want that. I mean I, it would yeah. be nice, but give me some more reps, receptions, some yardage, some first downs. I think when Julio Jones maybe gets more inserted into the lineup, maybe you can throw him into the slot. Yeah, I'm not. But I'm I don't, not, can't bank uh, on that. Julio's I'm not as optimistic. Prime. Yeah, I'm not as optimistic on Julio's outlook as most people are. I think he's just here to be, you know, another veteran of body that helps. Almost like um, a Tory Smith. They need, yeah, they need a guy that just knows how to get open and knows how to find, you know, a crease in the defense. Like the touchdown that he scored, he was open. So. I, I did think, however, he was a backup tight end when I saw 80 score a touchdown. So mm-hmm. we got to do something about it. But it, I think if they could have found another, a way to add another veteran receiver, you know, God forbid, you don't wish it, but God forbid Smith or Brown gets hurt. 
you're left with one of the two, and then Julio, um, if Zacchaeus is healthy, and then if uh, Watkins, then you're really forcing the ball to gain well, and Goddard and guys that are not really receiving players. Come on down, JJ. JJ, I say what he said. Oh, JJ, that would be. I would literally stop watching football. Yeah, luckily there are a couple free agent receivers that maybe make sense. I don't know what the deadline is for, you know, bringing players in free agent wise mm-hmm. for when they could be eligible for the playoffs. I know today was the deadline for trading, but I don't know if there's a rule. I'd have to look into it. Probably um, not. Yeah. I mean, injuries happen. You want to pick yeah. up somebody. I know they brought they, Sue and Joseph came in. I think after the trade deadline, they. They were able to at least address that for free agency. I think they'll find somebody this season. Yeah, for sure. I think they they have to add another veteran receiver. Someone has to emerge that previously wasn't playing. Howie's not done cooking. He'll figure it out. So seven and one. Um, all things considered, as ugly as it has been, and as uh, frustrating, whatever the yeah, whatever the the antonym for um, awe inspiring is, it's been the opposite of that. Um, so. <laughs> It, it, as ugly as it is and how, as murky as it's been, they still have the best record in the NFL. They're not number one seed in the NFC uh, currently. Best record in the entire league is the Chiefs lost uh, Sunday, and the Niners have kind of fallen a bit, and the, the Cowboys did, uh, did them a favor a few weeks. Right. What is your grade for the Eagles so far this season? Obviously, as a whole, you can put out there versus position group that we can maybe dive into the position in a future episode. But, yeah. Uh, overall. Uh, B+. Plus. I do not the defense, the pass, the coverage. Excuse me, it's just yeah. been shoddy, 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 shoddy. The play calling in the beginning of the season compared to now, much better. Brian Johnson finally trying to figure it out, yeah. but a little bit less of the quarterback draw every third down. God, that was I couldn't bear to watch eight, 16, 17, 18 weeks of that. Couldn't. I know certain things um, are not fully in the uh, in like. It's not Sirianni or Johnson's like full jurisdiction as to you know, personnel decisions. Right. Um, I remember when Chip was here, there was an issue with running backs, and he kind of deflected it. So oh, Deuce Staley's the one that puts running backs on the field. I would like to see a little bit less of Gainwell in the red zone, unless he's out there to protect Hurts. He right. is the best pass blocking back. I think that they have him or Scott are both better than Ben Swift. I'm surprised that we haven't seen any of Rashad Penny this year. I think he has carry. I think he's hurt. No? Yeah, I, he's always hurt, but I, I don't know what's going on there. I, the play calling has gotten better. They need to find ways to cash into the red zone for all the NFL fewer touchdowns. There's a lower yeah. percentage past. Part of that could be the, you know the defensive schemes that are kind of changing the NFL. But um, I would like to see them cashing in the red zone. Likewise, yeah. I mean, we see the see the frustration in Jason Kelsey that one game, like too many timeouts, too many almost layup games. It's just sloppy in the most crucial part of the field where you need to come up with seven and you're basically forcing yourself to get either three or basically turning it over. You, you yeah. need to score in those situations. They got yeah. luckily, luckily Jake, I think has been uh, statistically the second best kicker in the league this year. So um, he's been as reliable as ever. Yeah. Thank God for him, which is I mean, honestly, I don't, it sounds hyperbolic, but where would this team be without six years? He's been the very stable in a, in a league where, in and out, you know, one one year they kind of fall. They're almost like closers. You just a couple bad games and boom, they're they're just completely shot. He's been so stabilizing for them the last few years. For it's real, it's nice to have a kicker where fourth down they're sent up, and you know you can come back and there'll be points on, which is a nice feeling too. Right. 
I think I'm with you. I'm going to go with a B, um, just because, um, as opposed to the ex- in comparison to the expectation, I think we expected them to be a little bit. I think realistically, we expected them to be a little bit less of what they were last year. Mm-hmm. By comparison, I think they were going to be as good of a, as dynamic of a team. Um, obviously, losing Sanders, bringing in Swift, it felt kind of like a wash. They did lose Hargrave. Granted, they replaced him with um, Jalen Carter, but the, the two the God. big. You know the big subtractions this season. Um, CJ Gardner Johnson, who is now is Detroit. legally changing his name to CD Dude, um, kind of replacing him with Blankenship and um, forgive me, uh, Sidney Brown, and then also losing Man. you know losing losing the linebackers TJ Edwards and Kaiser White. Neither is a superstar, but they they really didn't do much to address that. They were hoping that Kobe Dean would play a large, which he really hasn't, and you know offensively. Yeah, losing Sam Malo definitely hurt too, but I think um, Sua Opet has played pretty well. And they've done a decent job on the offensive line. So overall, I think it, it boils down to Hurts. And it, he's, I think, not necessarily numerically and statistically, he probably is on par with what he would do last year outside of interceptions. But I think he, eye test wise, I don't think he's dominant as he was. Yeah, he had that one game. I guess it was versus the Jets. He looked yeah. like a rookie out there. What do you have? Three interceptions that night. God, it was bad. He has ducks. This this was definitely his best game. I think top to bottom, outside of the fumble. Um, this season, I think this is the best he's looked. Uh, he looked okay in the Tampa game, but I think he threw a bad pick that game. But um, this was a think, comeback win yeah, too. They were down plus yards, four touchdowns, and then at the end of the game, really controlled things. I I really appreciate players like him um, because I, I think as up and down as the emotions and the the hormones and everything that happens throughout a football game he's very even keeled or at least to the the naked eye he is yeah great isn't she really do it but um he's got a lot of uh reminds me a lot of how bryson stopped for the phillies like no matter what happens kind of obviously different calibers of player and different stages in their careers maybe the same age but um how Stott almost like he always looks even keel mm-hmm. kind of how he was when he um, I think that Jalen has a lot of that in, and, and that's a lot of composure from. Um, even though he didn't have a ton of pro experience when he played at Bama, he and Oklahoma, he had a lot of experience there, dealing with the ups and downs and the ebbs and flows and the emotional roller coaster that is football. And I think that that's really shaped him into the player he is. And I think that he is somebody that can handle adversity, criticism. I mean, none bigger than getting replaced in the the biggest game in college. Yeah, I thought it was apropos. He was a great teammate, didn't transfer, and then he came in and saved the day of the year. The year after, when Tua got hurt in the in the game against Georgia, so yeah, I think that he's definitely hardened to this type of deal. And you saw he threw his fourth touchdown to AJ Brown, great throw, and he just walked to the sideline. Like that's, that's I, I I'm a huge fan of the. Obviously, you like the emotion in sports. Where yeah. you know you don't you don't want to be the Patriots or the Spurs, where you don't show any at all. Oh, I I appreciate the. This is not the goal. The goal is not to win right now. The goal is to win in January. And yeah. I appreciate that he is not losing sight of that. It's almost like kind of like Bryce Harper all season. You know, the goal is not to, you know, hit 30 home runs in the race. The goal is to get to the playoffs. That's when the season begins. And that's, uh, I appreciate that. I thought it was one of those, you know, things you do where you lose the Super Bowl, you put it as a screensaver or the lock screen, and then, you know, it gets people talking. Mm-hmm. I think he takes it to heart. I think that's I think so a legit too. reminder that he sees every day, every Sunday morning or whatever. He's like, going back to this, and I'm going to avenge yeah, my loss here. I thought it was telling when they said that he and Tua, I, I was like, I was of the, th- these two are probably best friends. They get all, they, they said during the uh, the Sunday game that he never talked 
tracks on the day of, which is fine. But uh, he and two are not exactly best friends. They're cordial, yeah. but they're not best friends. And I think it, it probably does hurt to get replaced in a game. I've been much different scale, but I've been replaced in in big games in my life too. Pulled from a playoff game in the past. And not thrilled about it, but kind of didn't whine and complain about it. Just kind of dealt with it. And I think that, not to compare myself to him, but I know that that doesn't feel, even as a competitor, as a teammate, yeah. when you win, it's still not great. It's competitive nature, you know? Yeah. You want to be out there on the field yeah. in the moment. Don't want to be replaced with somebody else and watch someone else yeah. get it. I hope that um, that he stays healthy and he stays progressing and he continues to get better as a uh, player and a leader. It seems like the team really loves him. Yeah. And coach and quarterback are so married to each other. It's so interesting. Coach not even killed whatsoever. And the quarterback's so composed all the time. Usually it's the, in the invert. Right. The quarterback is out there flying, flapping the wings. And the coach is just like... I said it last play. week. If Sirianni wasn't like my coach, him. I would hate him. I probably dislike him too. He's but a that's it. I'm starting to I'm starting to sour on uh, McDaniel, the guy from the Dolphin. It, he almost it, it's getting to be like high level for him. Like it, it almost feels like you're committing too much to a bit. That all right, it's kind of played out, dude. Just like be normal. Yeah. I don't know if he is normal. That's what makes it fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I mean, this is it for episode 127. I mean, we do have something we'll touch on next week. Oh, yeah. Um, on Thursday. Maybe right? we can do, yeah. Uh, or maybe, yeah, maybe Thursday. Do a little bit of the city edition for the NBA. Do our game picks for the weekend that is maybe uh, re- lead into the final games of the World Series, too. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, that's right. In Texas, most likely. We Hopefully. will have, I think, it, we'll have, I think, one more Sixer game under our belt. Tomorrow. Yeah. They host, they actually they host that Thursday. Oh, they play Thursday? Uh, the Raptors come into town. Really creative schedule making. Uh, yeah, they got <laughs> Raptors Thursday. Uh, yeah, if anybody knows who's coming and who's going, you... and then Saturday they play the Suns, which I will not be able to see. Ooh, ooh, Suns come here. Yeah. Ooh. Oh yeah, it'd be uh, Durant's first game in Philly in a while. I don't think he played in the Suns game here last year. No Devin Booker, I believe. Yeah, Booker's been battling so bad. No Bradley Beal either. He's been out. I don't think he's yet. Smells like a Sixers win. Hopefully. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. And then sure. uh, potentially next week with one more week in the books. Technically, we're not past the halfway point yet because of the 18 weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be past the halfway point of the season after next week. Maybe we'll do a revisiting our uh, maybe top 10 quarterback ranking. I think um, I for sure will have some. That's fair. We'll see. Maybe I give Brock Purdy his flowers. Maybe I uh, throw with Daniel Jones. <laughs> Maybe you ha- we'll have some respect for Ritter. Maybe 31, not 32. <laughs> Wouldn't bet on it. <laughs> Wouldn't bet on it. All right, guys. We'll see you in a couple days on Thursday. Have a great uh, evening. Hope you had a – if you're listening to this, hope you had a great Halloween. It's yes. November 1st. The year's almost yeah. done, Rob. 11 months Happy. in. Happy, uh, if you celebrate, happy All Saints Day. Happy birthday to my father, who will definitely not be listening, but uh, November 1st. Uh, And also, we um, will be entering uh, Christmas season. As I'm sure by the time we record next, my tree will be at least brought up from the basement. (laughs) It's going to stay up until next year. Yeah, it'll be up until middle of January. (laughs) All right, guys. See you next week, or see you in two days. (laughs) I guess, uh, yeah, see you in a couple days.